Sometimes the mission will take us out of the church building and call us to do things, not just on Sunday mornings when we're sitting in our pews, but actually serving the community. You are listening to the Christian Music Archive podcast, part of the New Release Today podcast network. I'm your host, Dave Maurer. Each week, I share stories about Christ, community, and music, chatting with musical guests who you will find listed on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. There are thousands of creative men and women who have helped shape the soundtrack of the Christian faith, and we get to hear their stories, learn about how Christ has made a difference in their life, and hopefully along the way, we'll learn how we can be a better part of our community. Welcome to the first episode for 2022. Can you believe that a new year has begun already? (laughs) It feels like just a couple of months ago that we were celebrating the beginning of 2021, but alas, here we are. And as I look back over this past year, I've got a lot to be thankful for. First, I'd like to thank the people who have partnered with me to do this podcast. A great big thanks to Mark, Gregory, John, Kevin, David, John, Kimberly, and Matt, for standing with me financially. Your contributions in 2021 are going to help make the website and the podcast even better in 2022. I'm also grateful to my web guy, Bob Christensen of Mustard Seed Media. He has put a lot of sweat and tears into keeping things running behind the scenes. And in 2022, we hope to unveil an even better web experience. So stick around and stay tuned for that. I'm also thankful to Kevin over at New Release Today and Michael at New Life Radio for including my podcast on their podcast networks. It is great to have these folks helping spread the word about all of these episodes. And finally, I'm thankful for you, dear listener, for without you, this podcast would just be me talking on the phone to people. But your faithful downloads and emails help me know that this podcast is important, and I'll keep working on new episodes as long as you listen. So, as 2021 fades into the sunset and 2022 dawns on the new horizon, I'm grateful to all of you, and I'm excited to share with you conversations with musicians about their faith, music, and ministries. We'll get to our interview in just a minute, but I'm excited to first tell you about the Work of Mercy, Inc. in Colombia. They have a project there called Soy Satura, which is helping feed kids who are crossing the border from Venezuela to go to school. You see, the schools in Venezuela are not very good, so moms are taking their kids to school in Colombia where they can get a decent education. Now, the Colombia government is willing to provide an education to these kids, but they won't feed them like they do the Colombian children. And most of these kids from Venezuela are from really poor families that don't even have money to feed their kids. So Mercy Inc. is taking soybeans to create both food and juice that they are able to feed these kids, sometimes the only meal they will get in a day. I sure would like to share more about the Soy Satura project and how you can get involved. Would you head over to the website christianmusicarchive.com slash mercy so you can learn how you can help feed these kids? Our intent is to make a difference around the world through this podcast, and one of the ways we do that is through the work of Mercy, Inc. So again, head over to christianmusicarchive.com mercy and discover how you can make a difference to the children of Venezuela. 
One of the things I get really excited about music is hearing the different styles of music that are out there and, and talking to people who love to use their music to further the kingdom of the Lord. I was going to say we're headed to the Appalachian Mountains of West Virginia, but I found out they're on tour. So we're actually headed to Arkansas and we're going to chat with Jonathan Buckner of Chosen Road. They're a brand new, at least new to us, Appalachian bluegrass music. And I'm excited to get to know a little bit more about Jonathan and the guys. So well, help me welcome to the podcast, Jonathan Buckner. Thank you, Dave. It's good to be with you. Yeah. So uh, we're currently, you're on the road, obviously. Uh, you were just telling me before we pushed record, you've got your Christmas concert. Now this is a Christmas tour. Tell me a little bit about how many dates you're hitting on this Christmas tour and where all you're headed. Yeah. So we've got 14 dates um, in total this year. Christmas dates will end up, I think the last one is, um, well, actually, technically, We'll finish up December 19th, pre-Christmas, and then we've got one more on the tail end post-Christmas. But yeah, so West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, Arkansas, Georgia, I think that's all the states that we're hitting this year. But yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. So for folks who don't know, haven't heard of Chosen Road, why don't you give us just kind of a brief synopsis? Who's Chosen Road? What do you do? Where do you go? Help us know who you are. Yeah, so we started back in 2009 there in West Virginia, and we just really just a bunch of guys that that love this style of music. And uh, the music of the mountains, bluegrass music is kind of our foundation. And we just started playing in local churches at home. And uh, we, I think we probably played in every Baptist church and every holler um, <laughs> in southern West Virginia. And since that time, now going into our 13th year, We've been able to share the gospel through the music of the Appalachian Mountains all around the world, from France to Scotland to Alaska, wow. California. Now we're in Arkansas. This is actually our first time being in Arkansas, so this is the first today. Okay, help me as a West Coaster. What's a holler? A holler. So a holler is a spot between two mountains. It's not a valley. It's not big enough to be a valley. A valley is nice <laughs> and wide and pretty. A holler is just like a real skinny road that goes between two mountains, and the sun doesn't really shine down there very often. Yeah. <laughs> But there's a there's a church there, and so you're singing there. There are churches all throughout the mountains of West Virginia in hollers up dirt roads, and yeah, we sing in all of them, I think. So I've got uh, you, of course, on the band. We've got Zachary Alvis, Tyler Robertson, Josh Hicks. How did you guys get hooked up and decide, we're going to record music together? Yeah, so you know, back in 2009, uh, through the years, there's been several personnel changes. Change is inevitable, and so it happens. Sure. But there are still two remaining original members, and that's myself and Zachary Alvis. And so I kind of started, I, I fell in love with this style of music when I was in high school. And uh, probably my so sophomore year of high school, and I started a little high school band. It wasn't Chosen Road, and we were absolutely terrible. And there's some recordings of that stuff that exists, and I try to find them and burn all of them whenever I find them. But, but it's part of our story, and so did the high school band thing for a little bit, had a little bluegrass band, and that's really where we started playing in a lot of local churches, and then traveled a little bit regionally. And then when I was in college, I took a, a job. It was my first professional job working for a Southern Gospel group, mm. and I did that for a couple of years. And then my junior year of college started Chosen Road, just wanted to, to kind of do my own thing. And um Zachary Alvis was 12 years old at that time. Oh, wow. And uh, he was a great, he was a great singer. And I could just kind of tell, man, this kid is talented and he could play the mandolin a little bit. And so I talked his parents into letting him be in this band that I started. And, and so it's been fun to watch him grow through the years. So he's been here for over half of his life. He turns uh, 25 years old today. Actually, we have to go eat for his birthday uh after we get done with the show tonight. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, so over half of his life, he's been here. And then the other guys that are in the band, Tyler Robertson, he worked in a, at a really popular dinner theater there in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, the Smoky Mountains. Okay. And um, he was one of the musicians on staff there at a dinner theater. And we were actually playing Dollywood's Bluegrass and Barbecue Festival that they do every year. And we were doing two days there. And so the night in between, we were staying in a cabin there in the mountains. And so we had a just what we call a jam session, really like a mm-hmm. picking party where we just had a bunch of guys that we knew from that area that played in some of the local theaters. They came up and they hang out. And Tyler, we did not know Tyler, but he came along with a mutual friend. And uh, that night after he left, I told the guys that were in the band, I said, um, he would be a great move if we ever needed, you know, if we were looking for somebody else, if a position ever came open. So then within a year, we had hired Tyler to be in the band. And then Josh Hicks is from Hartwell, Georgia, and he is just a great musician, known him uh, through the music community for several years now. And he started with us in May of this year. So that's how the current lineup came together. Now, I have to say, as as we're talking, you talked about about taking um, Zachary out for his birthday lunch. Whenever I hear half mm-hmm. these towns where you mentioned, I think in my mind barbecue. So, no, yeah. So, yeah. so if you're going to pick a barbecue, are you going to pick? Uh, are you going to pick a Tennessee barbecue, a Georgia barbecue? What What's top on your barbecue list? So I'm a barbecue connoisseur. Okay, good question. I love then. barbecue. This is a great question. I, I, I'm I'm really picky about it, but I do I love uh, Memphis style barbecue, which is going to be a little bit sweeter. Yep. Um, and I also love South Carolina style, which has the gold, the gold sauce, the mustard based sauce. Yeah. I love that. And then I'm a big fan of Alabama sauce too. Have you ever had Alabama? I don't think barbecue? I've had Alabama barbecue. No. Okay. The sauce is actually white. Oh, really? Interesting. Plot twist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to have yeah, to go yeah. check it out. Cause I'm going to have to get me some Alabama barbecue. <laughs> yeah. But, but we probably won't eat barbecue tonight. It would be for us, it would be more like sushi or something. We eat a lot of barbecue just because we're a bluegrass band everywhere we go. Um, they catering thinks, man, they must like barbecue because they play bluegrass. So we get our fair share of barbecue. Yeah. Well, we're talking bluegrass here and, and, and for our listeners, and we're going to play a couple of clips, uh, throughout the podcast, but, um, these guys are no slouch. I mean, they've spent a ton of time on the Billboard magazine's top bluegrass album charts. In fact, I was just reading, uh, what song was it? Just spent 30 weeks on the charts. Yeah. So this is a pretty, this is a pretty good band here. Yeah. The guys are really talented that it was actually our last album, not the one that we released a few weeks ago, right. but the one we released in 2020 spent 30 weeks on billboard, which was just amazing. That's got to be a big boost to help and get you in places to play probably. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is somewhat, I think the, the interesting thing about that chart, you know, we're an all Christian band. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't do secular music happened since we started, but that chart is actually a secular chart. And so there were many weeks that it was the only Christian album on, Very a, on cool. that secular chart. And then this, this guy named Stephen Curtis Chapman decided that he was going to release a bluegrass album. <laughs> Did he bump you off? He bumped us off yeah, and knocked us out a few spots, I think. Well, you talked about, I mean, this is a great segue. Um, the bluegrass music that I think of is the guy sitting on the back of his his beat up beat up Ford pickup playing with a you know chunk of straw out, out of his mouth singing about whatever. But you guys have chosen to sing about God and sing about your relationships with Jesus. How does how do you see the bluegrass music and the gospel fitting together? Well, it's the music that we love, um, and a lot of that is is because of where we all call home. Um, it's just a cultural thing, but but our identity is in Christ, and so it just happens naturally. 
um, as far as that goes. It just happens naturally. We, our passion is, is telling folks about Jesus because that's what we're called to do as believers. Um, but musically, this is just the music that, that we love. And so I always say, first and foremost, our mission is to tell people about Christ. Right. Um, that That's the first base. Then um, second of all, we get to introduce, because of that, we get the Lord has put us in place where we can introduce a lot of new fans to this style of music that might would have never given it a chance. So it's a really cool thing that, we're, that, that we get to do. Yeah. I've been doing this podcast for a little over a year and a half now, and I talked to a guy, and I'm trying to remember his name, but he's played with Ricky Skaggs. Dennis Parker. Thank you. Dennis Parker. He is a dear, dear friend of ours. He's one of our dear brothers in Christ. We Very cool. Yeah. And and he kind of introduced me back into, now I've, I've been into music for a long time and have loved the bluegrass because bluegrass is one of the few forms of music that is still pure artists playing pure instruments. It is. There's not a lot of programmed, there's not a lot of sequences. And so I have a heart for that mm-hmm. that side of things. And so it's it's fun to be able to connect with people who have that same value. Yeah, it's it's always I was describing it. We were in Nashville last week doing some media stuff and I describe it, it's a very honest music. It's what you see is what you get. There's not really any smoke, lights, mirrors to hide mistakes <laughs> and, and whatnot to change the sound of things. It's really what you're looking at is what you get. And I think one interesting thing is people are attracted to that. I think in the day that we live in, people are looking for something that's real and genuine and authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think they're looking for that in terms of their worship experience. Um, And so when you put that style of music into a worship experience, it's just, it's something special. Well, like you said, I think that there's this whole draw right now of wanting to be real with people because we're so Mm -hmm. separated by um, social media or all these things and not having this face-to-face being able to share this intimate relationship musically opens the doors to be able to share spiritually and maybe share things that are going to touch people that might not just be getting a, a song off the radio kind of a thing. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. So you guys have traveled the world. You've traveled quite a bit. Uh, what, what took you overseas? Cause you mentioned being in what Scotland and a couple of other places. Yeah, we were in Scotland and we were in France. Um, we're supposed to be in Ireland again this June, but it looks like that might not happen now. This thing called COVID's messing everything. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll make it there when, whenever it's in the Lord's will. But, um, but yeah, we went over there. Really, um, we were contacted to go to Scotland um, by a missions team hmm. that was going over to do some missions work in Scotland. And I did not know it. They say less than two percent of the population in Scotland are evangelical Christians. Wow. Um, at one point in time, Scotland was a vibrant Christian community. They say that that country converted to Christianity quicker than any other country. Mm. And they saw a great revival, but then um, the church just really made some bad decisions. And now people are just completely turned off by Christianity. So it's a very dark place, spiritually speaking. And so we were contacted, wanted to know if we would be willing to go over and be a part of this missions effort. And basically they asked us to do it because our music really connects with those folks. Interesting. Um, our Scots Irish ancestors, that's their music that they played on the bagpipes. They came here, played it on fiddles, and paired that eventually with the banjo that was brought from Africa. And so we went over and used our music as really just like you spoke about a minute ago, just as a segue to present the gospel. And it was a great time. Yeah. So I was just thinking as you were talking about Ireland specifically, some of the Irish jigs and stuff I think about have that yeah. same kind of bluegrass feel in them. So there's that that camaraderie and music style. They do. Yeah. We actually, it was really interesting. Um, 
it was just a great experience all the way around for us to go over there. Every place we played was just packed out. Um, the majority of the people that came were unchurched people, um, which we were really excited about, but they just really loved the music and warmed up to it. And there were a lot of gospel conversations that were able to take place after the concerts. It was phenomenal. But we would just be out on the streets there in some of the, the small towns, and there'd be people out on the side of the street busking. Mm-hmm. And they would have bagpipes. Sometimes they'd have a fiddle with them, and they would be playing tunes that sound identical to what we call here in the mountains, um, fiddle tunes. Okay. In old time music, fiddle tunes. Yeah. And they would call, they would have a complete different name for it, but the melody would be identical. And it was because they were brought over when they, they came over from that area of the world. So it was really cool. It's really interesting to me to see how small our world really is. I mean, we think about this big globe and all these yeah. millions of people, but to have this commonality of our music style, and then also to have that commonality of needing Jesus, even though some people don't realize it, and to be able to use the music as a method to say, hey, here's something else you might enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Musical Music is a universal language. Um, anyone can understand it. Um, anywhere we've been, um, we, we've been to a lot of places that they know absolutely nothing about this style of music. But the language is universal, and so it can still connect, and it's an expression of our emotions, so it can still resonate with them. And then as human beings, we all have a spiritual vacuum, and we're all looking for that. And so, yeah, the two go hand in hand. So as we were preparing for the podcast, we were shooting some emails back and forth, and you talked a little bit about being involved in community. And and a couple of things drew my attention, particularly one was church replanting and revitalization. You mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you also talk about your, your hometown Christmas event. Now, this episode is going to air in January. And so the event mm-hmm. that's happening in three, four days will be a history. But talk a little bit, first of all, about how you guys are giving back with this event and the things that are coming out of this this hometown Christmas event that you do. And then how does that tie into this interest that you have in replanting and revitalization of churches. Yeah, absolutely. So the hometown Christmas thing, this is our seventh year of doing it, or by the time the listeners hear this, the seventh one will be under wrap. Um, We'll be all wrapped up. But we started it seven years ago, and our Christmas tour came first. And then the year after that, um, we thought, let's do something at home. Mm -hmm. And really the the genesis for that was we wanted to give back. And uh, this does tie in with the church replanting and revitalization. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But basically, you know, our, our local communities in southern West Virginia um, are home to some of the poorest communities in the United States, mm. in the coal fields, places where people don't have jobs. They can't get a job. They own a home. It's all they have. And nobody's going to buy that home. So they can't get out. It's a very depressed area. Um, there's a serious drug epidemic that's just taken hold since the coal industry really started sliding downhill years ago. And so we just wanted to, to do something to give back. And so we started Chosen Roads Hometown Christmas, where basically it's just a big Christ-centered Christmas celebration um, where we play every year. Then we always bring in a friend of ours as a, or sometimes a couple of different folks as a special guest. And there are usually some pretty big names that, that folks love that they might not have an opportunity to see mm-hmm. in our hometown any other time. And so we bring those in and all the ticket sales um, go to benefit a nonprofit in the area. And so through the years, we've done everything from giving Christmas to foster teenagers um, in our local communities, just because, I mean, the thing with that is everyone wants to shop with a cop or toy for a tot Mm -hmm. is a big thing back home. They want to do Christmas for the little kids, but teenagers kind of get lost in the shuffle. And so we thought, let's do something to reach out to them. And so we did that. And uh, through the years, we have given uh, Christ-centered Christmas to to more than a thousand teenagers. Very cool. 
at home and we've seen more than 300 of them profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So that's excellent. That was a really special thing. This year, we are partnering with another local nonprofit um, called the Bland Ministry Center, which has been doing ministry in those mountains since 1984. And we are partnering with them to feed 500 families Christmas dinner this Very Christmas cool. season. And so, yeah. So, I mean, before you tell them about Jesus, it's hard to do that if they're hungry. Exactly. And one of the easiest things that we can do is feed them. So the ticket sales this year will go to uh, to help feed those families. So it's been a really, really special thing. And like I said, those communities at home, they were there for us when we started mm-hmm. 13 years ago now. Yeah. And the like with those churches, when we talk about church replanting and church revitalization, um, churches in Appalachia, for the most part, have been on the decline for years now. And some of it has to do with the loss of jobs and people, there being an exodus of the, of the area. But, um, and I'm just being just blunt and honest, yeah. there, a lot of our local churches have done a poor job of being the hands and feet of Jesus in our local communities. Yeah. And so church revitalization, church replanting is something that's near and dear to our heart. The North American Mission Board, they reached out to us going on four years ago now. And they said, hey, would you all be willing to partner with us in raising awareness to the number of churches dying every year in North America? And the number is somewhere between four and six thousand. And I believe they say that number has been really drastically increased Mm -hmm. by COVID. And they said, would you all help raise awareness? We said that we would. And so we recorded a song called International Harvester, which is really just turned into a battle cry for a lot of of church replanters and and guys that are laboring in these dying churches. So it's just been something really, really special. Like I said, those churches that, I mean, I can't tell you the number of churches that we sang in at home in those mountains 12 years ago that are not open anymore. Wow. And so that's something that's near and dear to our heart. Um, There's nothing that glorifies God about a dying church and um, nothing at all. And it's really easy. We want people say we want to see church revitalization. We want to see um, revival in the church. And it has to come when we decide that we're going to stop focusing on our wants, our needs, our desires. So stop looking inward yeah. and start looking outward yeah. as Jesus has called us to do. We'll talk a little bit more about this. You know, especially at Christmas time, we have a lot of, you know, Operation Shoebox and we have all of these really mm-hmm. good, re- really necessary ministries around the world. But like you said, oftentimes we neglect our own home community. Talk a little bit about what yeah. being the hands and feet of Jesus in your community, whether it be you know someplace on the West Coast out in Oregon or Midwest, or what, does, what do you think that that looks like? How can we be better at recognizing the needs in our communities and being part of the solution rather than just ignoring it? I was asked a, qu- a similar question a few days ago. We were doing a, an article with the Baptist Press in Nashville, and um, they asked me a question similar to that, but from the viewpoint of a worship leader or someone wanting to get into music, kind of like the mm-hmm. kind of like we do. And I said, well, I said the first thing in terms of music, you have to remember first is the mission, and sometimes the mission will take you somewhere completely different mm-hmm. than the music. Explain that a little more. Yeah. So if you just focus on the music, sometimes as musicians, we get so consumed with making the music mm-hmm. and playing the part right. Um, singing your part right, um, the dynamics of the song, and all that has its place. I believe you know that if you're playing gospel music, you're presenting the most precious thing anyone can ever be presented with yeah. um, through music, so you better do it the best you can. But sometimes we have to remember that first we're called to the mission as Christians mm-hmm. before we do anything else. And sometimes that mission might call, might call you to lay down your guitar 
or lay down, you know, walk away from the piano and really do something impactful in someone's life. If it just be being there for them, you know, through a tough time or, you know, giving them a meal or giving somebody a ride, I mean, you can break it down to your most basic level. And there's so many things that we as Christians can do for our, our neighbors and our local communities. But a lot of times we just don't take the time to do. Um, and I think likewise with the church, sometimes the mission might take us most of the time. It will take us out of the church building and call us to do things, not just on Sunday mornings when we're sitting in our pews, but actually serving the community. Um, it's really startling if you look at statistics. Um, you know, I live in the in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. There's a church on every corner, but the reality is, you know, seventy percent of the people that live in my local community are unchurched. Yeah. They don't want to have anything to do with the church, yeah. and so we've done something wrong there. And a, a friend of mine says it best. He says, you know, we have to remember as the church that the church is there for the community. The community is not there for the church. Yeah, and so on the most basic level, how can we meet the needs of people in our local community, whether it be giving them clothes, giving them food. Um, I talked to a pastor a few days ago that he said, man, I got a call from a ballet company and they needed a place for kids to do ballet practice and dance. They didn't have anywhere. And so I said, yeah, use the church. That's meeting a need in your community. Just so simple. I think a lot of times we as Christians have turned our churches into uh, country clubs. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're not making it, you know, if you're not dressed right, you can't go on to a golf club, you know, yeah. and we're, we're, we're putting all these restrictions in. And I heard somebody say once that we've turned church in from a transformational into a affirmation. Mm-hmm. And an affirmation is I go there to be built up and to make myself feel better rather than making church this place where we are transformed into caring, loving parts of our community so that we do go out and do stuff rather than just, okay, we're done. Now we're going over to Cracker Barrel to have our, our Sunday dinner. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Being a Christian, we weren't just called to be a Christian one day a week. So. And Tim Timmons probably, I don't know if you know Tim. Tim is probably does, has my favorite thing. He's got 10,000 minutes. He says, we spend about 80 minutes in church on Sunday, but what do you do with your faith the other 10,000 minutes of the week? Yeah, exactly. Because a week is 10,080 minutes long, so... Well, I know we're running out of time. I do want to talk a little bit about the album you've uh, just released in November, Appalachian Hymns, and probably saying Appala- Appalachian Hymns. <laughs> if you say if you say Appalachian, we know that you're not from there. Okay, so it's an Appalachian. Appalachian is. Tell us a little bit about the record, and maybe what's the what's the big uh, song that you're pushing off that album right now? Yeah, so probably my favorite song, the song that we released first, was "Be Thou My Vision," which is one of the oldest hymns in the church, arguably, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that it is correct. It's the oldest hymn that, that we do have in the church. Um, I just love it. it. It's basically, we try to take some of our favorite hymns of the faith and treat them um, with an Appalachian style. We try to really think, how would this have been done you know, 200 years ago on someone's front porch up a holler in Southern West Virginia? Thy presence, my life. 
So there's a lot of that on there. And then we really tried to give a nod culturally, a big thing back home is acapella singing. And um, so, you know, back home we have what we call primitive Baptist churches and there's still some around where they don't allow any music in the church. They just sing or musical instruments. They just sing acapella, acapella style. And so there's a couple acapella songs on there. And so it's really just um, flavored. It's got an Appalachian flavor. Um, to the whole album and just has really some of our favorite hymns. We actually started on the recording for years now. People have been like, you need to do a hymns album. You need to do a hymns album because everybody loves hymns. Yeah. And I was asked a question, you know, what do you say to people that say that, you know, they're outdated? Well, you can't outdate truth. Mm, and some of those yeah. songs are so rich with truth. Um, yeah. And, and so you, they just don't get old. And so last year with COVID, we had so much time on our hands. We released a new album the last week of February, Appalachian Worship. And we're like, well, man, we can't tour now. What can we do? We could start on a new album. And so that's where the hymns thing came from. And it was, but what was amazing, we started it and didn't even fit when we released this album or when we started making it, we didn't even have the intent of releasing it nationally. Mm. We were just going to do it as like a table thing and just folks could get it when they see us live. But we started recording it, and it was just amazing. And we were recording it at one of the most uncertain times in our lives, yeah. in the life of our ministry. We were like, man, we might not be here next year. Yeah, It was amazing how much encouragement those songs brought to us as we sang them when we were laying down the tracks for the album. We got done with it, and I think it's the best thing that we've done yet. So um, that's where it came from. It's just really, it's our heart. When you listen to that, you're just hearing our heart. Well, Jonathan, I always close every podcast. We have a number of people that have committed to pray for musicians as they're out ministering and touring and so forth. How specifically can we be praying for you and for Chosen Road in the weeks and the months that are coming up? 
absolutely pray for our families. It's hard to be to be uh, married to a musician, and it's hard on the kids. And and so just pray for our families that God would you know continue to comfort them and sustain them while we're gone. And and really just pray that God would continue to keep His hand over us. People ask all the time, you know, how did you get started? How how did you do it? We my answer was all is always truthfully, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we have never sat down and said, man, this is our ten year goal. This is our you know five year goal. It's yeah. just wherever God wants to take us. And as long as his hand is over us and he's guiding us um, and we have his anointing, then we'll be where he wants us to be. So just pray that that the Holy Spirit will continue to, to guide us as we travel, um, guide us in all the decisions that we make, and that the Holy Spirit will continue to work through us um, when we're in front of people. I'd like to thank Jonathan Buckner of Chosen Road for spending time with us today. In addition to making a new friend, I'm encouraged by his challenge to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our communities. Jonathan shared some pretty sobering statistics about the death and decline of churches around the country. And if God uses the church to make a difference in the lives of hurting people around us, we need to be doing everything we can to make the churches grow, not letting them die. So how do we do that? How do we make the church a place people want to come to? How do we make church a place of safety? A lot of people and organizations have spent a lot of time and energy studying what makes an effective and inviting church. But I wonder if we are just spending too much time studying and building and not really enough time hanging out with the people who are hurting and loving on them. As I thought about this decline in church, I thought about the parable Jesus told in Luke chapter 14 about the great feast, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But the guests all began to make excuses. One said, I've just bought a field and I've got to go inspect it. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Excuse me. Another said, I've just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said, and his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he reported, There's still more room. His master said, So go into all the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. What if we as members of the church did what the host in the parable did, invite the poor and sick and homeless to our churches? What would happen if we started taking care of the people in our community the way Jesus would and just love and provide for them? I think church would start being more about a caring community and less about a building or a program. To me, that sounds much more appealing anyway. To close out today's episode, I'm going to play one more song from Chosen Road's Appalachian Hymns. You can pick up this album on their website, as well as several other bluegrass projects, and I'll put the link in the show notes, so be sure and go pick that up. And I want to say thanks to Jonathan for permission to share these songs with you today. From their Appalachian Hymns album, here is Chosen Road with Brethren We Have Met to Worship. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power? 
While we try to preach the word All is vain unless the Spirit Of the Holy One comes down Brethren, pray in holy manner Will be showered all around Brethren, see for sinners round you Slumbering on the brink of woe Death is coming, hell is moving Can you bear to let them go? See our fathers and our mothers See our children sinking down Brethren, pray God supremely Let us love each other too Let us love and pray for sinners Till our God makes all things new Then He'll call us home to heaven At His table we'll sit Serve us with sweet manna 
As always, thanks for joining me for this conversation today. I am grateful that we get to spend this time together each week hearing stories of God's amazing faithfulness. As a regular listener to this podcast, would you mind taking a few minutes and rating it on your favorite podcast app? Reviews and ratings really help spread the word so that other folks can hear about these great conversations. And if you have comments or questions for me, please feel free to drop me a message on any of the social media platforms. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon by searching for at CCMExchange. Or you can always drop me an email on the website ChristianMusicArchive.com. I'm really looking forward to our time together next week when I have another great conversation with one of the musicians you'll find on the pages of the Christian Music Archive. So until then, remember this, God loves you. In fact, he's crazy about you. <laughs>